At the Canaan Church, our mission is bringing people to Christ and helping every person to become a mature disciple in Christ. Canaan Christian Church, where people dare to dream. Father God, we thank you afresh for Jesus. And we declare without apology, can't nobody do me like Jesus. Can't nobody do me like the Lord. And every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. Father God, as we prepare to receive your word, we thank you in advance for what you're about to deposit into our spirit. We thank you, God, that this word will heal, it will strengthen, it will edify, it will deliver, it will lift. I will not leave like I came. I leave better and I will leave stronger. I thank you, God, that I know that you are my refuge and a very present help in a time of trouble. So bless the person who sits beside me. Show yourself strong on behalf of my brother, my sister. And I thank you, God, for what your word's about to do for us. Isaiah said it will not go out and return void, but it will accomplish the purpose for which it was sent forth. God, you be glorified. Let fresh anointing remain upon your people. And then God, I ask as always that you'll let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Come on, let's put those hands together and give God some praise. Let me thank everyone that is joining with us virtually again today for this worship experience. Thank you for sharing with us in Louisville and across the nation and the world. We're glad that you're part of this worship experience today. I have been doing a series of teachings under the theme, Welcome to the Next Level. I have not finished that series, but there is a particular word that God wants me to speak into this house today, and I'll get back to the series probably um, next week. But today, let's hear what God is depositing into our lives today in a very special way. I want you to turn with me to Galatians chapter 6, and I want to read one verse, verse 2. Galatians chapter 6 verse 2 and the word reads like this bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ can I read it one more time bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. If you'll look at the person beside you and tell them, I'm here for you. Now I need you to get ready and turn back to that person again because they may not have fully understood 
what you just said. So if you just look at the person one more time and tell them, friend, in case you didn't quite understand what I just told you, what I'm telling you, whatever you're facing and whatever you're going through, you don't have to go through it by yourself because I'm here for you. Every person who has professed or who would claim that they are a Christian needs to be a part of the Lord's church. Every person who has professed hope in Jesus Christ needs to be a part of a church. Are we not told in the book of Hebrews, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves as the manner of some is, but continue to come together and worship God and all the more as we see the day approaching. As quiet as it is kept, we really do need God and we need one another. You do not know what you're gonna have to face or what you're gonna have to grapple with from one day to the next. None of us never know what trials, what trouble, what tribulation is going to get on the agenda of our lives. And just in case no one else has already told you, let me be the one this morning to break the news to you. You do not have in and of yourself the capability or the capacity to handle life on your own. For some two and a half years, almost getting I guess now to be three years, we have had to grapple with a worldwide pandemic. It has been without question a horrendous and horrific experience. It shut the whole world down. In America alone, some 900,000 people lost their lives to COVID-19. It has been a challenging time in the history of the world. And yet, as devastating and as disturbing as this pandemic has been, there is a sense in which it has been a blessing in disguise. The blessing that COVID-19 or this pandemic brought to the world, to us, is that it became a reminder to some 
and a new awareness to others, that we're not as big and we're not as bad as we think we are. Because it is so easy for us as human beings to live with a sense of arrogance. To live our lives as though we are the captains of our souls and that we have the last word on destiny. To live our lives as though we don't need God and we don't need anybody else. That I can handle life on my own. A sense of self-sufficiency, a sense of independence. I got this thing, arrogance. And we can live our lives with a sense of entitlement. We can live our lives as though we are entitled to certain blessings or we feel like certain things are supposed to happen uh, for our good and everything is supposed to always work in my favor. We can live with a sense of entitlement as though God owes us something. But the Bible says the fool had said in his heart, there is no God. This pandemic has brought a keen awareness and reminder to us that we need somebody bigger than ourselves. This, this virus couldn't see it, couldn't put our hands on it, didn't see it coming, didn't see it going. Just step outside and breathe and it can infiltrate your body and take you out of the world. In my lifetime, this is the only time in my life that I've ever seen the whole world on one page. Because everybody all across the world had to deal with this pandemic, with COVID-19. It shut the world down. With all of our ingenuity, we can send rockets to the moon. We, we construct airplanes that can fly people across the country. We got all sorts of technology now so that information is going so fast and, and we think about the advancement of medical technology and we think about the business world and America thinks that she is the uh, number one dominant country in the world, the leader of the free world. And with all that we feel like we got going, we couldn't handle this pandemic, couldn't stop it. So when you read in the word of God in the Bible in Psalm 20, the psalmist says, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Have I got anybody here who still knows there's power 
in his name. Anybody here still understand the importance of calling his name? Our mothers and fathers in times of trouble, they said, Father, I stretch my hands to thee. No other help I know. If thou withdraw thyself from me, tell me, whether shall I go? And then when you read Psalm 46, listen to the, to the major penman of the Psalter in the person of David, when he says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling. There is a river whose stream shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, she shall not be moved. God shall help her, and just at the break of dawn, the nations raged, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. David says when we are dealing with cataclysmic situations in life, when the world seems to be reeling and rocking like a drunkard man, when you have to deal with the irreconcilable woes of life, it's good to know where your covering is. It's good to know that when you have to grapple with the unexplainable episodes of life, that you can still say to yourself, God is my refuge and God is my strength. He is a very present help in a time of trouble. So that in the midst of the pandemic, everybody didn't panic. In the midst of the pandemic, everybody didn't become paralyzed by fear. Everybody didn't become fretful because some of us knew how to get on our knees and some of us knew where to turn to because we understood that in spite of everything that's going on, our God is the sovereign creator of the world. And he has not left his throne. And even though I cannot explain why it happened and all that God is doing in the midst of what is happening, the one thing I know is that God is still in charge and God is still in control. The one thing I'm certain of is whatever I can't handle, God can handle. And whatever is over my head is always under his feet. And then the pandemic was a blessing in disguise in another way. And that is 
The pandemic revealed to us that God says, as he does through the prophet Isaiah, Behold, I do a new thing. When the pandemic hit, I went to God in prayer, and this was my prayer. God, show me the miracle in the mess. Because I know, God, you didn't cause the pandemic, but I'm fully aware that you can use it for some redemptive purpose. And so what God revealed to me is he said, Walter, I am enlarging your territory. I'm going to show you how you can reach people all over the world. And I was saying to God, my concern about trying to reach people across the world is, God, I don't want to ever treat people made in your image and in your likeness like they are a number. I want to make sure that I'm still treating them with dignity as people made in your image and in your likeness. And God kept conversing with me. And he says, I'm going to show you how to do it, and you can keep treating people with dignity. And so every Sunday now, we have become a hybrid. It is Canaan in the building, all of you beautiful people in this sanctuary. And then it's Canaan virtually around the city, the nation, and the world. And the people who join us virtually, it is not simply an audience. Several thousands of people are joining with us right now. And I thank God that every Sunday, several thousands of people all over America and countries around the world join us every Sunday. But then out of the thousands who join us in worship, there are men and women who are now confessing hope in Jesus Christ and who have asked him to come into their heart as their personal Lord and Savior. And so now we have Canaan connection all across the nation. In various cities, there are men and women who have literally joined our church. They are virtual members. They join us every Sunday for worship. They join us every Wednesday for Bible study. And then on the first and third Saturday of every month, I have a Zoom discipleship and fellowship meeting with these virtual members. It is miraculous. It is marvelous because I get to see them they get to see me. They get to see other members of the virtual church in various cities across the nation. We talk with one another. They converse with one another. Pastor Peter and Margaret Carosi in Kenya, in East Africa, join us every first and third Saturday. Pastor Peter said to the other virtual members, he says, I'm so glad that God allowed me to meet Pastor Malone. 
He said, I started watching the services on Sunday and I listened as the man of God poured the word of God into my heart. I started joining on Wednesday for Bible study and the word of God kept ministering to my spirit. And so I then contacted the church and I told Pastor Malone, I need a father. I need a man of God to cover me and to guide me and to continue to teach me how I can minister to people here in Kenya. The name of the church there was House of Praise. Now they call the church Canaan Christian Church, House of Praise. I'm saying to God, I never dreamed in my life that I could be touching people intercontinental that I could be ministering to and touching people in Kenya, in East Africa, while standing in a pulpit in Louisville, Kentucky. And there are other people reaching out to us from India and other parts of Africa. So I'm saying, God, yes to your will and yes to your way. I want you now to get ready to look at the screen and I want you to look at that screen and look at it very intensely. I want you to listen very carefully because a part of this teaching today, I wanna to show you about five minutes of a video of our virtual discipleship and fellowship meeting that took place on the third Saturday in July. Please give the screen your undivided attention and after you see this short clip, I will come back and finish the teaching this morning. Um, I can still encourage others to hold on and um, you know, and I just know that without him, I am nothing. So I just continue to just, you know, just press my way through everything. But as soon as I logged in, as soon as I logged in, mm -hmm. praise the Lord, I just was overcome with a peace, a calmness, and mm -hmm. I just felt better. I have times where I even had to pray for other people. And just like you said, Pastor, when you said, uh, don't be scared, don't be nervous. And I felt that nervousness when I'm like, who am I? You know, I don't have the strength to pray for somebody else, but you do. You do. And when you feel that uneasiness, you just press on through. And when you're done, it's like, I feel so much better. This is what he wants me to do. What you shared, Pamela, now, Lavinia is on today, and God doesn't do anything by accident. See, so Lavinia joins today, so now Lavinia gets to hear your testimony. So Lavinia gonna go back and tell all her co-workers, yeah, we may have it a little rough right through here, we look right. tired, but sister, I, I talked to a sister that's grappling with cancer. Mm -hmm. and, and she's grappling with it with no complaints and trusting yeah. God. If she can trust God again to give her victory over cancer, you and I can trust God to protect us and even give us the strength to press our way through these COVID environments. I don't walk in those doors every yeah. Sunday and Wednesday like I used to, but I still feel so connected. Yeah. 
And having these meetings helps keep me focused, helps keep me grounded. Um, so I'm so grateful for that. I, I actually feel, I don't know how to say this, like closer than I was when I was there. You don't just pray when you're going through things. Yeah. You 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 gotta pray even when there's nothing even going on. Sometimes right. there's nothing even going on. It's too quiet, right. and I was like, no, nah, it's too quiet. You know, everything's too <laughs> calm, just too peaceful. Let me let me pray. Thank you, God. You know, thank you. <laughs> it's too quiet. <laughs> You've shared with us about not fighting for victory, but fighting from victory. Mm -hmm. That already the victory mm -hmm. given to us by Christ. You've shared with us three important things, praise, proclamation, and prayer. Mm. So the part- You got it, Peter, you got it. <laughs> you can take that right there and preach it tomorrow if you want to, Peter. <laughs> yeah. Proclaiming God's word and uh, and living a, prayer, a prayerful life, it reminds me uh, the story of the apostles where they said we're going to give ourselves to the ministry of prayer and the word mm -hmm. this yeah. ministry really blesses me my heart is in this ministry my, with the whole of myself i really get that. Amen. amen well this is fundamental basics that you're teaching us that's going to help us. Pastor, I tell you what, if we hang in there with you, we guarantee to go to heaven. That <laughs> 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 your hand would be so heavy on her yeah, and anybody that comes into her space Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that I can pray in the morning. Glory, God. That you answer in opinion. Thank you, God. Ah, yeah, God. Thank you, Lord. Bless your name, God. So I pray for a spirit of encouragement Yes, to Peter. No matter how dark the day gets, no matter how dreary the night becomes. Yes, God. I pray, God, to so encourage my brother. That he keeps on walking by faith. Yes. God, he needs, and Margaret needs, they need resources. God. Yes, God. You are Jehovah Jireh. God. We see a great future, God. Oh, yes. We see a great future. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for inviting us, God, to the next level. Thank you, Lord. This is our prayer. Our prayers. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God be praised. God be praised. That's that's what happened the third Saturday in July. Pastor Peter in Kenya
saying, Pastor, this is what you deposited in me. I said, Peter, you can preach that tomorrow. Here it is, Rebecca Black in Daytona, Florida, saying, I feel so connected. Sherry Franklin in New Jersey, saying, I'm glad I pressed my way and got on because I felt so much better after I did. Pamela Mucker lives in Louisville. She's virtual, she's never been in the building. She's grappling with cancer. But she says, I thank God for Canaan because, because of Canaan, I won't give up. <laughs> Lavinia Dukes in Jacksonville, Florida. They're working day and night in Florida because of the pandemic, even now. Joy Johnson in Los Angeles, California, said she was grappling with depression. She said, sometimes it just gets too quiet. But when I started praying, <laughs> woo, that joy went in. She's got to shouting till her neighbors were getting ready to break in her apartment because they thought somebody was doing her harm. Somebody, I guess, had a key and got in and she told them, no, I'm all right. I'm just praising Jesus. Yeah. That's Canaan virtually. And it's continuing to expand. And I'm saying right now to that man, to that woman who's joining us this morning virtually, what you just saw is an example of what God wants to do for you. And when I stand in this pulpit, my brother, my sister, and I tell you, we're going to be as personal with you as we are with people right here in Louisville, Kentucky. What you just saw is the evidence that I'm a man of my word and that I have the integrity that I can say before you that we're going to bless your life. We're going to help you to grow in Christ. And we even purpose to come where you are because I'm embracing God's vision for my life, that he's expanding my territory. And to God be the glory. Amen. But that's also why I'm saying to the people who live in Louisville, make your way back into the house. It's safe in this house. Because God is not only enabling us to reach people for Christ all over the nation and the world, but right here in Louisville, Kentucky, God is still going to save thousands. And he's going to use you and I to still bring this city to Christ. In the month of July, at the beginning of July, Sister Cecilia Bland came to me with tears in her eyes after church. And she said, Pastor, she said, one of my sorrows just committed suicide this past week. And she says, I thank you for the word today because it blessed my life so much. She said, I just wish that my sorrow, my sister, could have heard this message, might, she might still be alive. 
about a week or so ago, at the end of July, one of our ushers, I can't call her name right now, but she's so sweet, she's like grandmama's apple pie. She's very quiet. But after church, she came and stood right down front there. I was speaking to people, and she waited till I finished speaking. And she pulled me over. She said, Pastor, I want to thank you that I'm at a church where the man of God is pouring serious word into my life every Sunday. And I'm grateful, Pastor, and I'm a part of a church like Canaan that cares for people. She says, and I'm saying this to you, Pastor, because this week, a good friend of mine that was in grade school with me, middle school with me, high school with me, committed suicide. This past month, in the month of July, I've had two of our members to come to me and tell me that they've had people close to them to commit suicide. And I'm saying to you, as I've already said to you before, that one of the most devastating effects of the pandemic is people have felt separated, isolated, cut off, dealing with loneliness that has led them to feel helpless and hopeless that has then led them to a serious state of depression. And if you're not careful with depression, it's like missing this first step. You may not just fall one step. You may keep on falling till you get to the bottom. And, and you may not be able to find your way back up. Everybody needs to be in the house of God. You need to be in the church. You need to be connected with brothers and sisters in Christ because your healing is in the house. Your recovery is in the house. Your deliverance is in the house. Your breakthrough is in the house. You can come to church feeling down, but speak to a brother and sister in Christ who has the anointing on them and a smile emanating from their heart and they can lift you in your spirit. The prayer that is prayed can heal you. The songs that the praise team sings, like today, Jesus is the center of my joy. And the song that Joe sung before that, there's healing in those praise songs. In Acts chapter 9, you read this before the days out. I pray that you'll read it in Acts chapter 9, verses 36 through uh, verse 43. It's the story of a woman by the name of Dorcas who was brought back from the dead. 
And I think that this story serves as a wonderful biblical illustration to accentuate the revelation that God has given to us. The Bible says at Joppa there was a certain disciple named Tabitha, which is translated Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and charitable deeds, which she did. She was a godly woman. She was a good sister. But she got sick and she died. The Bible says that Peter had been nearby in another city and he had healed a man who was paralyzed. So when Dorcas died and the people there at the church knew that Peter was in the vicinity, they sent word to Peter to tell him that our sister Dorcas has died. Would you come quickly? When Peter got there, the widows, other women who Dorcas had blessed with garments that she made for them, ministering to them. Dorcas was a Christian woman. She was a good woman. She was a valuable woman, but she has died. And these widows, these other sisters are weeping and crying because they are hurting. Peter said, take me where she is. They took Peter upstairs in the room where Dorcas' body was laid out. Peter then said to them, I want you to leave the room. And Peter, the Bible says, got on his knees and started praying for Dorcas. No doubt, you know Peter was in the inner circle, right? So you know Peter was there, Peter, James, and John. He was there when Jesus brought the daughter of Jairus back to life. He was there. And Peter remembered that Jesus said to them before he was crucified at Calvary, he says that greater works than these shall you do because I go back to my father. I'm not going to leave you like an orphan, but I'm going to send the paracletos. I'm going to send the one who will stand by your side. Peter remembered that it was the risen Christ who said to him and the other disciples, he says, don't go nowhere, don't say nothing, and don't do nothing until you get the power. But on the day of Pentecost, the Spirit of God came in like a mighty rushing wind, set upon them like cloven tongues of fire. So Peter says, I got the power now, and I got the faith. He prayed for Dorcas, and then he called her by her name, Tabitha, rise up. The Bible says, she sat up and opened her eyes and Peter presented her back to the people. He raised this woman from the dead. The power of the Holy Spirit working in his life raised Dorcas back to life. All right, pastor. Are you trying to say to me that God 
could still raise somebody who's, who has died? Yes. Are you saying that God still heals the sick? Yes. Are you saying God can still deliver a crackhead off crack? Yes. Can God transform the life of a prostitute, a homemonger? Yes. Can God take some little boy, some little girl that grew up on the other side of the railroad tracks who didn't know who his daddy was, didn't know who their mama was, who've had to fight for their life ever since they've been in the world and the devil tried to take them out, the devil tried to destroy their life and everybody has written them off and everybody gave up on them, the school system don't know how to deal with them, the police is ready to blow them away at moment's notice. Are you telling me, Pastor, that that child can be saved, that that child can be helped, that, ah, oh, Jesus, that that child can be turned around? I'm telling you that the God I serve is able. Don't you write off what God's still writing in. Because the Christ I serve, he ain't nothing but a junk man. And he goes in the alleys. And he finds what other folk call trash. And he takes what you call trash and turns it into a treasure. Could it be that you are Peter? Could it be that God is just waiting for you to present yourself in a hopeless situation to give somebody life? Could it be, Walter Malone, that God is waiting on you to come to the next level and believe? At some point, don't keep talking about it. Walk in it. So Paul says in our text, Bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. What does a spirit-led community look like? Did you hear my question? What does a spirit-led community look like? Paul takes one phrase and defines, he defines a spirit-led community burden bearing he says bear you one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ what is the law of Christ it is Jesus Christ who says that the son of man came not to be ministered unto but to minister and to give his life as a ransom for many and oh beloved when you look at Jesus and when you see his sacrifice 
when you see his suffering, when you see his love, surely you have to recognize his calling for you and I to serve one another, to help one another. Look at Jesus. Look at him taking a boy's lunch, feeding 5,000. Look at Jesus. Look at him stopping the funeral procession at the city gate called Nain and giving back a mother, her only son. Look at Jesus, a woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years, but she just touches the hem of his garment and she's made whole. Look at Jesus. He gives blind Bartimaeus back his sight. Look, look at Jesus. He's at the pool of Bethesda. Man's been crippled for 38 years, but he tells him, take up your mat and start walking. Look at Jesus. He transforms a prostitute at Jacob's well. Look at Jesus. He ministers to a brother who's out of his mind at the city of the Gadareans. And when he gets through with him, the man is clothed and in his right mind. He wants to go with Jesus, but Jesus tells him, go home and tell uh, others what good things the Lord has done for you. Look at Jesus who raises Lazarus from the dead. Look at Jesus who takes an old rugged cross, goes to a hill called Calvary, not for sins that he had committed. But Paul says God made him who knew no sin to become sin that we might become the righteousness of God. Look at him on the cross dying. And then he says, Father, it is finished. He never said, I'm finished. He says, it is finished. He's buried in another man's tomb, but don't stop there. Keep looking, because he gets up Sunday morning with all power in his hands. And if by faith you'll keep on looking, look at him now. He sits at the right hand of the Father, and now he's got a name that's above every name, that at the name of Jesus, Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he is Lord to the glory of God. Canaan, God told me to tell you, healing's in this house. Hope is in this house. Help is in this house. And he's calling on you and I to help one another. He's calling on you and I to encourage one another. He's calling on you and I to strengthen one another. And not just the people who are already members of our church, but God is saying to you and I, go find that friend. Go find that man. Go find that woman. The person that you know that God brings into your space who indicates that they are hurting. Tell them that there's a bomb in Gilead. To heal the sin-sick soul, there's a bomb in Gilead that can still make the wounded whole. If I can help somebody as I pass along, if I can cheer somebody with a word or a song, if I can show somebody he's traveling wrong, then my living shall not be in vain. If I can do my duty as a Christian, all if I can bring back beauty to a world uproot, if I can spread love's message that the master taught, then my living shall not be in vain. Then my living shall not be in vain. Then my living shall not be in vain if I can help somebody as I pass along then my living shall not 
be in vain. Would you look at somebody again and tell them, I'm here for you. The people represent the church no matter where we are. So stay connected and reach others as we grow in Christ.